Well, we've been in our series on healing and health, and uh, it's important that we really get and receive what God has for us tonight. Amen? Um, I've never liked this passage that I'm going to talk tonight. I've never liked this passage. It just, I've heard it preached maybe 25 different directions, and I've never liked what we're going to talk about tonight. We're just going to talk about one of the 19 healings, deliverances, that were by faith in God. But I like this one a lot now. Amen? Just because of the research and the study that I've done on this woman. It's always a woman. Dang. It's always a woman that gets something done. Man, huh? I mean, doesn't care what anybody thinks. You know what? My daughter is possessed. My daughter, look, at it, look she's saying amen to that, right? <laughs> That's right. Glory. <clears throat> amen? But it's always a woman. I'll get off of that. Anyway, it's not always a woman. But it seems like it. Anyway. <laughs> Amen. So tonight we're talking about, and in the New King James, they describe her as the Syrophoenician woman who had a daughter that was demon-possessed. That's all we're going to talk about tonight. That's all we're going to look at tonight. And this story, there's two accounts of it. I'm going to read both of them. But this story in, in days past has, I don't know, it's created a lot of confusion. I had somebody, probably, it had to be over 20 years ago, somebody asked me to, def, to define for them what Jesus was talking about concerning dogs and bread and children's bread and everything in this story. And uh, I faked it till I made it. Because I struggled in this, and, and so it, sometimes when you struggle in things, you just leave them alone, you know? You don't touch them. It's a good one to read over. But I got something really good tonight. Amen? Really good. And you know what? Most everybody sitting in here tonight, you need to hear me share this. Okay? So I'm going to read both passages, and then I'm going to look at another passage, just a couple of verses in Matthew also. I'm going to start in, actually, I'm going to start in Mark. I'm going to read Mark's account first. Mark chapter 7, and it starts with verse 24. <clears throat> and it said, from there he arose and he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he couldn't be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet, and the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. She, like, stayed after him. Now, just a little study on, uh, on this group of people, these Syrophoenicians. Um, They were the bad of the bad. They were the worst of the worst. I mean, 
as bad as you think some things are today, those Syrophoenicians could teach some people that are not real good today that live in sin and in, in the flesh and doing crazy things today. I, I swear, if you do a study on it, you find out that these Syrophoenicians could teach some people today that are, have no understanding of God, no renewing of their mind, no understanding. You, you realize I'm not talking about any group of people. Everybody was created in the image of God. Everybody. People doing crazy things because they don't know God. Right? So this group of people right here, they were the crazies. I mean, off the chart, nuts. I mean, to where really it's not even proper to talk about some of the things that they did to people. So this lady is of that tribe. And here she comes. And she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon was gone out of her daughter. Remember, this is not a saved woman. The demon was gone from her daughter, and when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone and her daughter lying on the bed. This is the worst of the worst. Wherever she was from, wherever her house was, whatever region that she was in, she was not from a good group of people. So that means she probably had some stuff about her also. But how many know every human being on planet earth is searching for God? Absolutely. Everybody's searching for God. Now, I want to read Matthew's account. Um, <clears throat> Starting with verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there, and he departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Look at the next verse. She's after him. We saw in Mark's account, she was after him crying. My daughter is severely demon-possessed, and Jesus consoled her. Mark said she kept coming, and Jesus didn't say one thing. So, if she's coming and she's crying out to him, get rid of this demon from my daughter, and Jesus looks at her and he keeps walking. Now, man, as I've been studying this, we could go in a lot of different directions in this passage of Scripture right here. Some people could say, well... Because she was of another race or a color or something, he just ignored her. Now, let me ask you this. 
Did Jesus say that all men were created in his image? Yeah, because he's the living word, and that's what God said in the beginning. Did he say that? Was Jesus always led by the Spirit of God? So when he ignored her, he was led by the Spirit of God. He didn't speak a word to her. I just kind of get this picture of him. He just kind of keep, keeping on, keeping on. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Master, let, send her away. Man, she's crying, hollering, making a big stink and everything going on here. When he didn't answer her, she didn't quit. What I'm seeing from this, I'm just going to tell you some things that I'm seeing because receiving healing, receiving deliverance is over half of the equation. Receiving what Jesus has already done for you is so vital. And many times we don't receive in our lives, we, we, we're not receiving because we have things that are blocking us. Stuff blocks us. Certain things get in the way in our lives. There's a verse of Scripture, I'm coming right back to this. There's a verse of Scripture found in the book of Job. Or Job. Verse, uh, chapter 35 and verse 12. It says, There they cry out, but he does not answer. Because of the pride of evil men. They cry out, there's no answer because of pride. What, do, what does the New Testament say about pride? God resists the proud, but he gives grace, and not only grace, but great grace to those who humble themselves under his mighty hand. Surely... God will not listen to empty talk, nor, this is verse 13, surely God will not listen to empty talk, nor will the Almighty regard it. I feel like this verse of Scripture applies to what we're going to see here about this Syrophoenician woman. How many know that all of us are products of our upbringing? What we know how we think, and you can, you can find a person that was raised and brought up understanding authority. They, they understood what authority was about. It may not even, even been correct kind of authority, maybe, maybe a parent or somebody usurping authority over their life. But you, you can catch somebody I mean, in a moment when something is said, like tonight, this word is for everybody, but it's especially for those that understand authority, because there's another level to go to in your life tonight, just from this one word. One word from God can change you forever. That's what God told me. That's what God told me back in, in my office today as I was putting this together. I kept thinking about this. This kept going over and over. The people that are there tonight are coming, and they're going to get something at another level. 
So you got to receive some things that I'm saying to you tonight to catch something about learning to be in a position to receive. I'll just tell you right now, from my study and my time in this passage, Jesus didn't answer her a word because she wasn't ready to receive. Let me just remind you of another person we just talked about a few weeks back, and that was the woman with the issue of blood. Man, that woman was ready. I'm telling you, that woman was in position. She was ready to receive. It was simple. He was on his way to Jairus' house, and she stops him, and, there, and she stops him because she touched him, and there were hundreds, maybe thousands of people thronging him and pressing him, and she touched him by faith, and it stopped the whole thing. He said, wait a minute, somebody touched me. Master, what do you mean? Man, there's, I mean, all kinds of people are bumping you. No, somebody touched me in faith. I'm telling you tonight, the Syrophoenician woman, she had some foundations of faith and understanding something when a person is in authority. You know who people are in authority? They're people that believe in what they're saying and what they're doing. It's not just something off the top of your head. Now, before I go back there, I want to look at this, these other two verses of Scripture found in Matthew 10. I want to look at these, and then we're going to finish it out in the Matthew passage of uh, the, the Syrophoenician woman. Matthew's passage there. But I want you to see something here that, to me, is very... It's very important. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 40. Verse 40 and 41. <clears throat> Jesus said this. Do you remember, before I read this, do you remember where Jesus, the Bible said that he could do absolutely, well, it didn't say that he couldn't do any works but he could do very few mighty works in his hometown, right? Said, save a few sick people got well. And we know in that passage was because of the familiarity that his hometown had with him. Well, that's just Jesus. That's just Joseph's son. That's the carpenter. Well, you know, I went to school with him. You know, I went, I did this. We did this together. It's the, fami the familiarity there kept people from being well. And Jesus knew that because of this Syrophoenician and, and, and the world that she lived in still, she didn't get transformed and then come after him. She came after him out of desperation. You can imagine probably a young daughter. Mark's account was a young daughter. So let's say she was maybe 8, 10, 12, 14 years old, and she is demon-possessed, and it's constant, I need something to happen. But this woman has a huge past and a bunch of trash and a bunch of junk. Go back to Matthew 15, and then we'll come back to Matthew 10. Because I need to read something else from Matthew 15. So, back in Matthew 15, 
let's leave off where he said, it says where he answered not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. But notice what he said. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What's he saying? I was sent to the Jew. My whole message is for everybody, and and what's coming later is for everybody. And Paul, the, the apostle Paul, was sent to the Gentiles right? And, and, and his messages are for all mankind, but he was sent except for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, another interesting thought here is that here's a woman that has no, un, no Jewish understanding, okay? So today, let's just say somebody that comes in, they have, no, they have no church lingo, no understanding of church life or anything else that maybe other people do. And her words are, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Where did that come from? She didn't know anything about David. She doesn't know anything about the lineage. She doesn't know anything that, that the Jewish people know. Man, she's just she's, she's putting everything out there she can. She heard someone else. We, we saw in another healing earlier where they cried out, Oh, son of David. She may have been standing around and heard that. Well, I'll try that one. I mean, the woman was desperate. But she had no revelation and absolutely no understanding. But Jesus knew she was not in a place or a position to receive. And so when he didn't answer her, and his disciples said, let's get rid of her, and he's kind of answering answering why he's not answering her to his disciples, because I'm called to this group, not this group. But that didn't stop that lady. And do you think if, if Tammy comes to me and she's, she comes to me and she's in desperation, you know, Sarah's gone off the deep end, no, <laughs> and you need to pray for my, my child, and I just look at her and walk off. Well... It was Jesus that walked off led by the Spirit. You might look at me and think, you're an idiot. <laughs> but, but we need to be led by the Spirit in how we deal with people. You understand? This woman, my point is, this woman could have been very offended. Who in the world, I could use some other words, does he think he is? I'm telling him, my daughter's demon-possessed, and I need her delivered. And he walks off without saying a thing. What did it say in Job? Pride shuts it all down. 
We're going to look at where her next position is because everything that Jesus taught, it wasn't about, it wasn't about the story being something that was like happening right this minute always. But, the, but it, it's, it's the revelation out of the story that we have to catch to apply to our lives today. There was something she needed to be in a position to receive that deliverance for her daughter. And the first hurdle that she got over with him walking off, there was no evidence of pride. And we'll see that in a moment. But I want to read this to you. Matthew 10. We're talking about here receiving our healing. About being in a position to receive our healing. He who receives you receives me, Jesus said. This is verse 40 of Matthew 10. He who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. I've always thought, until probably four or five years ago, I always thought I understood what that passage was talking about. And in the church world, because of human nature, we, we make everything about a person. Everything's about a person. The president of the United States is about today, it's about Donald Trump. It's, uh, you know, in two weeks from now, it's whoever is elected. And so all the focus is on that man, and yet there's an office there that has an anointing that really God is more about the office than he is the person. But see, people are all about people. And what we have to be in a position to do daily is to be able to receive from him. But he says right here, the only way to learn to receive from me is that you've got to receive from those who are anointed to bring the word to you that will cause the Holy Spirit now to reveal to you what you really need. And that makes a lot of people mad. Most people, it makes mad because there's a distinction here between the role of the office of the prophet, and I'll just add there any of the fivefold ministry because of what, what it turned into through Jesus' ministry, versus just somebody that is a righteous person. Now, I'm going to use myself for a moment. I have to because God told me to. So you have to get it and you have to understand what I'm saying to you. This is what I'm telling you you need to hear tonight. If you come here, i got to read another verse of Scripture. I'm going somewhere with this. Believe, me, believe with me that I can get this out. 
This is really strong on my spirit. Just on my heart tonight. Really strong on my heart. Now listen to this. Some of you will recognize this from if you were in the Galatians class. This is what we looked at. And unless you guys put it up, I, I didn't give them this verse. I'm just going here. So Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, 8 and 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. As we were going through this class, some study that God showed me through through a, a Greek scholar in the literal here, In verse 7, he says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. God will never be mocked. And the wording of it, I don't have time to go into it. If you were in the class, we spent some time in this. But this this is what the interpretation, how it came to me. It was this. Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatever a man does to have Whatever, in other words, sown into him, that will he also reap. If he positions himself to receive the word planted, he's going to reap from the word. If he positions himself for the flesh or anything else, then he's in a position to reap from the flesh. Now watch this. He who sows to the flesh and and on and on. But verse 9, and I just want to read this and then I'm going back to those other two and then we're finishing. And he says in verse 9. Let us not grow weary in coming to church. Okay, if that's what that says in verse 7, then that's what it means in verse 9. Don't get weary in positioning yourself to have the seed of the word sown in you and you sowing the word out of your mouth into your ears, into your heart. Don't get weary. Because if you don't quit that, you will reap. If you don't stop that, you'll reap. Why? Because the moment, if, if I'm going through something and I'm, I'm, I'm going through my daily routine and I'm declaring out of my mouth specific things, and all of a sudden I, I declare, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The moment that I speak what God says is so, The Holy Spirit in me, his job, if you want to call it, it's more of his responsibility in the earth is to reveal the truth that we're positioning ourselves to receive from. The moment I start on my daily routine, if I'm open to it, the Holy Spirit is showing me how that's going to relate to whatever it is that I'm going through. See, so just, just the word itself thinking that you're going through the motions of something and you're getting tired of it. I'm tired of coming to church. I'm tired. If you don't quit, you'll reap. If you don't quit positioning yourself to make sure that you've got the seed of the word. If you're sitting in front of even Fox News and you're listening to all the arguing and the bickering and the people cursing each other and talking bad, I don't care who it is. After a while, you're going to reap the fruit of that. Because that's the word that's being sown into you. I mean, get your information, find out what you need to know and all that. But make sure 
that you don't let this fall. Because if this stops, then your reaping stops. And your positioning to receive stops. If this stops. Now, back to, that took a lot of breath out of me. Back to chapter 10 and verse 40 where I was. So what he's saying is, and I'm saying this about myself. When I, when, man, when, when, when I have this word tonight or any night or any series that I'm teaching, there's an anointing on the office that I am in. And as long as I know I'm called to that office, then people can have faith in what's being taught. You still have to, you have to take every word I say, you have to judge it for yourself. But there's an anointing on the office, and when you receive, then you receive the prophet's reward. See, if you just, you can find just somebody that's righteous, they're born again, they're righteous, they're good people or whatever, but they really don't have your best interest at heart. You're going to receive and reap the benefits of kind of what they have because, listen to me, most people, most people don't know how to help people in the form of confrontation. Huh? Look at Jesus. Deliver my daughter. Hmm. He's led by the Spirit. Okay? Does that give you a license to go be ugly to somebody because you don't like them? You think Jesus had compassion on that woman? Come on. There was not a human being he didn't have compassion on. It was not where she was from, but he knew because of where she came from, and the lifestyle that she lived, she wasn't ready to receive the healing. You know, it's like, oh, son of David, will that work? She wanted to just get her daughter delivered and then run off and go keep doing what she's doing. Maybe. But when you're in a position where you're receiving the word from the office, and Jesus was prophet and priest... And everything else. And in that prophet-priest ministry, he had to protect himself from being too familiar with people so that they could receive from him. How many people got offended at the things that he said? He didn't say anything to offend people. He spoke the truth. And what happened with this woman, to me, it's one of the most glorious stories that I have studied out in the Bible, the faith that this woman had, and she had nothing. She had no word. She had no understanding. She had no Jewish tradition. She had nothing. She was from an evil generation of people. So let's go back there and finish. Look what the next thing that she says is. So, his disciples came and they urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. And he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then, 
Then, Elpidio, come stand right here. So Elpidio's Jesus. He looks like Jesus. <laughs> um, so, then she came to him, and you know what I see? I see this. <laughs> I mean, this woman was ignored. He walked away from her. And then she says, she comes to him and begins to worship him. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's like, there's something about you. And I don't know what it is, and I don't understand this, but I can't stop because I know you've got the miracle for my daughter. That, I mean, we don't read that right there, but for her to not be offended by him ignoring her, that's one hurdle. Then she, I think, probably dropped to her knees and begins to worship him. Now watch. Lord, help me. How honest is that? Remember what Jesus is doing? He's being led by the Spirit and judging every situation here because he has her best interest. Don't tell me for a second he's going to leave her to nothing. Somebody that's coming after him, somebody that is passionate the way she is passionate. Lord, help me. Watch this. Here's the second potential of offense. And I never saw this before. I never saw how ugly that this could be interpreted. Remember, who is he called to? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he says what? And he answered and said, It's not good to take the children's bread, who the children be, be the house of Israel, at this point, the children's bread... And throw it to the dogs. He's calling her a dog. He's calling her group of people dogs. That word is, when you look at that word, that word is defined as people that go back to their vomit. And, that, and, and so, in essence, he was speaking the truth about who they were and the kind of lives that these people lived. And, he, and what he was saying was, no, I'm called to the house of Israel, and it's not right for me to take the healing bread because the, the, the healing is the children's bread, and it's not right to take that bread and this healing to people that are living like dogs. Now, I don't know about you, maybe I could have got over the one where he ignored me, but to call me a dog? But he actually wasn't calling her a dog, he was calling her generation a dog, her tribe, because of the way that they lived. Second thing, it gets worse. And she said, yes, Lord, yet, yet, even the little dogs 
eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. What really disturbed me about that passage right there in the past was I was feeling like he was talking to her. And what he was talking about was a generation of unsaved people. And, and the Jews weren't saved, but they were the people of God. They're the children of God, okay? That's, that's his comparison. He knew what was coming. He knew what, he, what his sacrifice and what he was laying down. At this point, he began to understand and know what it was really about. And, and what he's looking at are the generation of the unsaved, but that's going to be taken care of. And what I, what I, I, can't, I can't prove this here so you can take it or leave it, but it's like this next statement of hers is what he's looking for from all of us. This next statement is what he's looking for from each and every one of us. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and he said to her, O woman, what did Mark say? Because of what you just said, that's what Mark said. Here he says, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And what was it about that statement that brings us to another place? She humbled herself, not even knowing what humility was. She humbled herself in, in, in the sight of the potential of being offended, being prideful, taking pride, being, you know, taking those offenses and walking away. And if she had walked away from that situation, her daughter would have stayed demon-possessed forever because nobody could have helped her. He was her help. And that's what she submitted to. What she submitted to is what he was saying. It was like... It was as though, as I'm reading this, it was like this woman was led by the Spirit. It was like she was hearing God say to her, this is the next thing to say. Where did that come from? What she's saying, all I need from my daughter to be healed is a crumb. You know what that sounds like to me? Where Jesus said, if you have faith as the grain of mustard seed, the smallest grain. Man, when he heard that, something went through the roof in him. It went through his head. I mean, I mean, I would see Jesus maybe standing there thinking, my Lord and my God, there's hope. You know what he didn't say that he said with the Roman centurion? I've not found such great faith in all of Israel. I think maybe he wasn't led to say that because of the offenses that would have come as a result of this uh, 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 Syrophoenician woman and her lifestyle and who those people were, him saying something like that. He didn't need to, he didn't need to light that fire. But I'm telling you, that's what I'm hearing in that. Look at the faith. It was like, it was like every time he said something, she humbled herself 
She took what he said and she came back with what God was telling her to say. I'm saying what I read that other passage for was when you position yourself for the seed of the word and you're passionate about that, that seed produces a position to receive all that God has for you. Otherwise, we underestimate the power and the strength of the spoken word and the anointing on the office that ministers that word. It's vital. There has to be a distinction between the fivefold ministry and just a righteous person. And I never saw that. I never saw that in, in my upbringing till a number of years ago of how vital that office is. That's why somebody, you know, some people have been called to an office and other people just kind of put themselves in that office. What you need to be sitting under and receiving from is somebody that's called to the office. And you have to make that determination. I can tell you all day long I'm called to do this. But if there's no fruit, if there's no strength, if it's not changing your life, if the word is not changing your life, Either you're not valuing it and putting yourself in a position to receive it, or I'm not called. I'm telling you, it is serious business to be in a place where we are receiving from God. This woman got to that place, and look what happened to her. Let it be according to your desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. And just notice the next couple of verses. And Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, went up on the mountain and sat down there. Then great multitudes came to him. Not just multitudes. I've seen one translation. I've seen a number of translations. I don't know why there's different uh, definitions of what a multitude is. But I've seen a definition of a multitude of being a thousand people. And then I've seen a, a, a definition of, of a multitude being 2,500 people. So let's just say it's 1,000 people. And it said, but it said great multitudes. It said great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others. And they, and they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Amen? And you and I today are in that place as we receive from God, as we're positioning ourselves for the word of God, for the seed of the word. The Holy Spirit can reveal to us the things we need to know so then what happens is the seed of the word revealed by the Holy Spirit in your life begins to move you and position you to receive because it's your way of thinking. It's your way of positioning. It's your attitude. It's what you say and how you react and how you deal with other people and how, how you value the things that need to be valued in your life and not devalue things that you really need to be valuing. It's vital to our success, and I'm telling you tonight that it is, it is a day and a season and a time of healing in the church. I'm telling you, people are being healed all over, and, and I'm saying to you tonight, if there's anything in your body, anything in your body, God is no respecter of person, and I'm saying you continue 
to seek God, you continue to meditate on the things that are being said, you continue to allow the Holy Spirit to show you that you are the healed in Christ, you're not the sick trying to get well, you're the healed, and sickness and disease and infirmity of any kind has no right to remain in my body. No right. And when you get that, and you start living like that, all kinds of other things will happen. God will change the way you eat. He'll, he'll change the way, the, the, how you exercise, how you do things with your, with your life and your body. He'll show you things and bring people across your path that can give you good information about those kind of things. But I'm telling you, first and foremost, it has to be the seed of the word. Because you can do all the other things and they profit some, but nothing profits like the seed of the word changing the inside of you. When you've got that, you've got it all. Amen? You have it all. If anything is, is you know, I, I, I've, one, one thing I've really not liked during this COVID time is not touching people. You know? And just because of how things can get stirred, we don't, we don't need to fight any dumb battles. You understand? There's no distance in the spirit. If Eric needs to be prayed for, you know, I don't have to touch his head. I can stand right here and do this. You, you understand what I'm saying? I, I, you can do it. There's no distance in the spirit. It, same thing will work. We don't have to be stupid about it. But I really like touching people. Amen. <clears throat> but tonight, if there's something that has come against your body in any way, or you know other people, I want you to just stand, if you would. Just stand. Where your body's concerned, or somebody you want to stand in for tonight. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. We know it. We know that we're the healed. We know that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. We, not, we won't be someday when circumstances and, and things uh, get uh, straightened up and straightened out. No, we're healed now, and things are being straightened up and straightened out in the name of Jesus. Just put your hand on yourself. You, the, you just put your own hand on your own self. And right now, put your other hand, just stretch it towards my hand. And tonight, I know that there is faith in the room to be well. I know there is faith here to be well in the name of Jesus. I believe you're healed tonight. You believe any two agree? It's touching anything they ask, it's done. It is done. That's what the scripture says. And I believe it tonight. I command everybody, every physical body, every mind, people's emotions, I command health and wholeness now in Jesus' name. I command every person standing tonight in faith to be made well now in Jesus' name. Now. Thank you, Father, that your word is true. You watch over your word to perform it. Command you to be made well as we're speaking right now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Just lift your hands to him now. Lift your hands and begin to thank him. Thank you, Father. Thank you that these people are healed. You begin to receive from him right now. If you're standing in for someone else, just receive for them now. Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. 
Healing is the children's bread. It's ours. And we receive it tonight. It is ours. It is ours. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. As your hands are high, just just remember, it only takes a crumb. It only takes a crumb. Everything doesn't have to be perfect and right. You don't have to understand everything. You receive it from him tonight. God, I receive it. As that woman said, Lord, help me. Help me to understand. Help me to believe, Lord. Help me to believe where you may be struggling. Just begin to thank him. Glory to God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Woo! Glory to God right now health and healing, wholeness. I mean, there is faith in this room and you're receiving it. It's happening in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.